And this is a good story is hard to find podcast where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. That's right. And it, it's our first episode of the new year. And you know what that means, Julie? That means, that means oh, you yeah. were responding. <laughs> you were supposed to bring somebody. Oh, oh wait, let me get her out of the car. Yeah. Okay. I did. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. Yes. This is my we, friend, Kim. Wonderful. Hello, Kim. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So this is one of Julie's friends from, and now my friend. Um, yes. As part of uh, Julie's book club or a book club that they're both in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, although we met first because we go to the same church, and she went to, she and her husband, of course, went to the Bianchina marriage retreat that I might have mentioned a couple times here. And so mm-hmm. we just got to be part of each other's lives, and it's just been a wonderful friendship. Oh, that's great. Yes, I I had read your blog um, before oh, that, yeah. and, you know, we just clicked right away. Mm-hmm. It was great. I love it. That's great. You know, um, when I first met Julie, you know, I was reading her blog and then she was a guest on a, on a podcast that I was on called SFF audio. And I didn't realize it was the same person at first. <laughs> and I said, Holy oh. cow, this person is that person. <laughs> so I was reading her blog too, before I met her. Happy That's Catholic, so I might add. Oh yeah. Still, still active, still running. Surprisingly. 52 years later. <laughs> I'm about 110. Um, Yeah, so it's, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that started in 2004. So it's 20 years old this year. Oh, that's great. Wow. Who to thunk it? That's the original blogosphere. Yeah, it is. It was Amy Wellborn and Mark Shea and, you know, those people. I remember the Kurt Jester and I so timidly was going, could, could you mention my podcast? And they were all, of course, very generous. And then I hit 100 people reading, and I was so excited. And uh, <laughs> then we hit the the high points, and then Facebook came on, and then that stuff's still out there, but yeah. it's not as noticed, I think, all the blogs. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It feels like maybe they'll come back. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. because of things like Substack. Yeah, and, I think yes. so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, cool. Well, Kim, you brought us a movie that very few have heard of, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's universally loved. I understand. So obscure, obscure. I love it. So, what did you bring for us today? So, I chose to discuss today the Last Jedi. All right, Star Wars Episode Seven. Yes. Excellent. Number two of the the third trilogy. Correct. That's right. Yes. That's right. Directed by Ryan Johnson. Or Rian? Yay. Is it Rian or Ryan? Um, Ryan. Ryan, okay. And uh, 2017. Very good. So what, what uh, made you think about this one? So um, this movie has been 
living in my head for the last six years. I walked out of it on the opening night. I didn't really know what to expect. And I wasn't sure that I liked it at first. Mm. I had to sit with it for a while because it wasn't what I expected it to be. I don't know what I expected exactly, but it wasn't that. Um, I was entertained. I thought it was well-made and I just didn't know if I liked it. And then I sat with it for a little while and read a little bit, listened to a couple of um, interviews at the time with Ryan Johnson, and then went back and watched it like two or three more times Mm. Uh, (laughs) and just just discovered like, I, I really fell in love with it. I appreciated the themes and all the craft that went into it. And even though it wasn't the story I originally expected, I thought it was just so well done um, that it was, it was fascinating and, and worth discussion, worthy Mm. of discussion. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, please go I, ahead. I was going to say, I was really surprised when I was rewatching it. I remember you and I talking relatively soon after it came out. And I was saying for me, the, you know, there was this one part at the end that made the whole movie brought it all into focus. You're like, interesting, which, you know, I didn't know what that meant, but so what watching it this time, I was seeing a lot more of those themes that you're talking about. Because I knew the story enough, you know, although I had to go back and read about the movie before it going away. Why is who, where? I can't remember everything. I know, Kim, this is anathema to you, but (laughs) I've only seen that one maybe once or twice. (laughs) And this is my second time to see this one. So, um, but what I appreciated was what, and we can talk about this later, what Ryan Johnson did that was picking up things that were in like the original Star Wars trilogy Mm -hmm. and kind of finishing and amplifying them. Mm. And I was just fascinated by that. I thought it, it took, because I like his storytelling anyway. So I thought he right. did a good job and I didn't have expectations like real true diehard fans did. So yeah, yeah. So I'm, 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 glad I'm you a big it. fan of his too. I like almost everything he's done. I just, you know, especially well after this movie, I started to look into him and then he came out with, uh, um, well, those, Oh, why is it the the knives one out. knives out? Yeah, knives out, and then the yep. the sequel, Glass somewhat Onion. sequel, Glass Onion, and mm-hmm. um, he also <laughs> did one on um, I think it was Hulu. Um, was it Hulu or Peacock? I can't remember. I can't remember I think which it's service. Peacock. That series about the a show that he just did. Yeah, yeah. We were trying to watch that and went. Wait, we have to pay how much? We'll we'll check that out later. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was interested in that. Yeah, that was good stuff too. But anyway, I, I've just enjoyed pretty much everything I've found. And um, yeah, th- it was interesting. The The first movie in this trilogy was so very much like the first movie, the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then this one had some similarities to Empire, mm-hmm. but it was not like it too at the same time. Um, it did a lot of things that were unexpected. Um, but yeah, so for people who haven't seen it, let's just, let's synopsize. I mean, what, what is this movie? First of all. Okay. So it is the middle of the sequel trilogy. So that, that sets it in its context, right? It's not supposed to be the ending of the story, but Mm -hmm. it's supposed like you said, it kind of has echoes of Empire Strikes Back and being a thoughtful kind of deeper middle entry. Uh, so it, it picks up right after The Force Awakens. And 
all the characters are kind of set in place at the beginning. So we have uh, Ray, who has just found Luke Skywalker. Uh, she that was the whole. He was the MacGuffin of the first movie. The whole movie was there, set up to find Luke. And at the very end, she found Luke. And so uh, we get to see what happens there. Um, she needs to learn about her place and, and about the Force. And so that's why she's come. And the Resistance needs Luke. Um, the Resistance is being hunted down by the First Order. They had a bit of a victory in blowing up the big Starkiller base, which was the even bigger Death Star of Force Awakens. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but they're still, but First Order is still pretty strong. And so they're um, hunting down the resistance. Uh, Kylo Ren is kind of dealing as on, on the bad guy side. He is on the dark side. He is dealing with uh, Snoke, who's the leader that was kind of teased a little bit as the big bad guy in the first movie. And then the power struggles with General Hux, who is also the military leader, a little bit like, in the position of Tarkin from the first movie, but uh, a lot more smarmy. <laughs> and then uh, on, the res- <laughs> on the resistance side, we have some uh, new and returning characters. And then this one, so Poe general is going to learn a little bit about leadership from general Leia and Admiral Holdu and Finn, our former stormtrooper, needs to kind of figure out what his place is going to be in the resistance and he meets a new character, Rose, who's kind of a technician um, along the way. And so they have a journey in this mm. movie, too. Very nice. That is like a perfect, a perfect encapsulation. That was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Where do we go? Yeah, Thanks. right. But I liked, yeah, I liked this movie, too. And, and I do know it, it's, it's one of those really odd movies. Um, I'm looking at, like, the rock, Rotten Tomatoes. It's like... Critics is ninety one percent, and audience was forty two percent. Whoa! <laughs> and it oh, that's is such a dichotomy. Yeah, it's it's very very strange. Wow. And um, I looked at uh, well on the Roger Ebert site. I think it's Matthew Zoller sites mm-hmm. gave it okay. uh, maximum stars four four out of four. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's so many people that I talk to. They're just like, oh, I just don't like that one. I just don't like that one. Really? And, and I they feel say that, no? yeah, I mean, as far as out on the internet, there was just a lot of oh. noise and stuff. And I feel like the studio listened to that before they made three. I don't know if you agree with that, Kim. I, I do too. I, do. I mean, it, it certainly there was a, a backlash and a reaction to it. And I, I do think that um, Carrie Fisher's death maybe had a little bit more to do with changing mm. the direction of the third movie um, than The Last Jedi did because mm. the, I guess the original director maybe had a plan for the third movie and then couldn't make the story work without, without Carrie her. Fisher. Wow. Um, so bringing back J.J. Abrams was great. I mean, because he's, he's competent. He's, mm-hmm. he's a lot of fun. He does good stuff with the story, but it, it maybe just it did seem to dial back a little bit on what happened in The Last Jedi. And it seemed to be, it It unfortunately seemed to be more of a reaction. Now, I do think he pulled through a lot of more elements maybe than people gave him credit for um, to finish the story. But I also, I, I think it was a little bit lesser than it could have been if they'd really taken the promise of this movie. Hmm. Very good. Yeah, I need hmm. to rewatch that third one. I haven't for a long time. But rewatching <laughs> this one was a joy. Um, I like it more now than I did then. I, I was just really Beautiful. impressed by it. Yeah. 
and I never saw the third movie. We kept meaning to see it, and then, you know, and in our way, we're just like, oh, we'll get the DVD from the library. And then um, we had it, and then we didn't watch it for months. So none of us were that interested, because this is right before my mother came to live with us. And she came, and we're like, she'll never make it through this. So we just kind of sent it back and went, we'll get it some other time. So after I watched this, I said... Does anybody want to watch that? And everyone went, I don't know, that last movie we saw was pretty good. That's that's enough. And I thought, that's also interesting. We didn't I my thought on was. Rise of Skywalker is it it is a movie full of awesome individual moments and scenes. And somehow it it just doesn't come together for me. Oh, I, okay. The actors are fantastic as usual. Like the direction, like I said, J.J. Abrams is a really good director. He mm-hmm. puts it together. There's a lot of fun moments. They obviously, like all the creators, like poured themselves into it. And so it, it's got lots of neat little details. Um, the Sorry, I know we're here to talk about the last Jedi <laughs> instead of that one. But I'll just say, like, my, my, my thought on that one is... I. I think they didn't tell the story that they needed to out of respect for Carrie Fisher. And it's hard, almost impossible to imagine recasting her, but I think, I think they needed, I think they needed to do it if they wanted to tell the story the way that they wanted to. And instead it was like, they had to create a story that didn't quite fit. And it was like shoehorned around her absence. And so it was different than it might otherwise have been. And you know, that's an interesting point you make. Again, we're going even further afield, but it's fine, everyone. We'll get back there. Um, The point you make about recasting Carrie Fisher, and I'm like, see, this, I think, is a particular resistance also in American minds of Mm -hmm. going, oh, no. I mean, you can recast like a superhero, like uh, Iron Man's Mm -hmm. sidekick or something. But um, there's an Indian movie that I cannot remember the name of right now. And it's a sweet little movie. And but it starred, I think it was Rishi Kapoor, who is a, like a grand old man of Indian acting. This was a little project that was close to his heart. And at the very beginning of the movie, his son, who's a famous actor also, Rambir Kapoor, comes on and says, So my dad died partway through the movie. And we said, What should we do? And we knew he loved it so much that they got a lookalike kind of actor, but somebody who was a really good actor and could do the right movements and stuff. And they just filmed it with him. And it was intermediate scenes and everything with him in it even and you know what it worked you were paying so much attention to the story and the actor was good enough at Mm -hmm. carrying through the body language and everything that unless you stopped and were really looking you didn't notice it Hmm. now carrie fisher is a whole different thing than that but this is like saying we jack nicholson died halfway through the movie and we pulled somebody else into bm that's how famous yeah. this guy was. So it would have been interesting to, for them to even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah that would have been I, – I recall them thinking about it. I, I had actually forgotten about the timing of Carrie Fisher's uh, death because um, mm-hmm. she died before this movie came out, I think. Um, I think it was right beforehand, yeah, and then they yeah. decided not to change anything about this movie, and then it was just dedicated mm-hmm. to her. Yeah, very yeah. good. And then – but I, uh, you know, when, when I think about movie three, I don't think about the fact that they lost her. And, but I do recall at the time them talking about what they were going to do. And there was a couple of articles that I had read that they were going back and forth. Um, but yeah, if they, so I, I guess I didn't give credit to the fact that her missing 
caused decisions to be made that um, I was attributing to um, really just reacting to the some of the fans that were right. quite angry about this film. Number right. two, but yeah. some of the some of the coolest elements um, from the Last Jedi, uh, including I think Kylo and Ray's dynamic and relationship mm -hmm. are are expanded on in mm -hmm. Rise of Skywalker yeah, in looking, a great way. I'm looking yeah, forward to rewatching it. Yeah. I might have yeah. to see it because I found that so fascinating. Me too. And absolutely you know, back to this movie and, and we definitely yeah. are in spoiler territory now. So if you if you haven't <laughs> seen this movie, there. go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that the most compelling thing to about this movie to me was actually Ray and Luke and Ray and Kylo. Um, I was riveted the entire time to those scenes were my favorite. I'd like the rest of it too, but I thought it was great. Yeah. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. That's, I liked them a lot because whenever that was happening, I was really interested in it. But if I think of my favorite part of the movie and the part that really spoke to me was the middle part. Well, I think of it as the middle part, but when Rose and Finn are off mm trying to find the code breaker. <laughs> That's really? Yeah. That was the section that you loved the most? Believe it or not, and I know it's the lightest and kind of seems very frivolous, but yeah. I still went back to what Admiral, was it Hulsa? What's her name? Holdo. Holdo. Well, you know, mm -hmm. here I am, the one who doesn't know anything. Uh, it's okay. I loved Laura Dern in this so much. I like Laura Dern anyway. Yeah. She was. I, I loved her in this. I loved everybody in this, but um, you know, when she basically outlines, <laughs> kind of for me, the theme of the entire movie, we are the spark that lights the fire. Mm -hmm. If we don't get out there, it dies. We have to keep the fire going. And that's carried on so strongly in Rose's story of her sister who dies at the beginning, she and her sister growing up poor and impoverished like the little stable kids that we see in the rich city um the things that she's willing to sacrifice and the fact that she won't let anybody even a famous finn try to do something that's not righteous because she learned from his own story here's how things are supposed to be and so that's and she's the one who says look below the surface of this city and of course this is one of ryan johnson's favorite themes especially lately anyway watch out for the rich they're going to take advantage of the poor. Hmm. So how are people treating each other? That's, we really see that in Knives Out, right? Yeah. Um, right. And so, and, and even to a lesser degree in Glass Onion, which was uh, not quite as uh, powerful in that direction. But so the fact that they show those little kids at the very end of the movie, and it's one of those yeah. kids looking up at the star and he's got that symbol around his neck. And I'm like, I don't know how much more strongly he could have pointed it out. She says it, maybe more than once. Rose says it. And when Rose is saying, um, we're not fighting what you hate, but we're saving what you love. That's the spark. Hmm. She's the one who's, who's put the name on what the spark is, and which is Chesterton, of course. The true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. And that's oh, what wow. doing. I haven't they, heard that quote. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites because I went, yes, this is the righteous fighter. 
you know, he's not taking work because he wants something from it. He's protecting what's good. And that's what these people are doing. Rose just, they gave her the same line, essentially. But that's the heart to me of the entire thing. I mean, that's that's uh, Kylo Ren and, um, uh, crud, why can't I remember? I know her name. Um, <laughs> you know. Ray? Ray? Ray, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. But that's <laughs> their struggle, right? Mm-hmm. He won't even look behind him. He wants to forget the past. The past is gone. We only have the future. Live in the moment, which is a distortion of what Yoda is telling Luke. But mm-hmm. Ray can't forget the past. She has to deal with it and know who she is because of the past. And because she's learned to live with the fact that she's always going to wonder about her parents, but she can't worry about that. She's able to go forward and fight for what's right, which is what she loves, which is the good side of the force so to me all these themes came together around that so that was just my take on it and so oh, i love cool. the little part yeah because yeah. not only is it exciting but it shows all that in a way that everybody can get yeah i love that so, i love that yeah. and i love what kim said earlier about this harkening back to some of the themes of the very first movie which mm. was called a new hope right because to me <laughs> hope hope is the big thing here um and it's directly related to what julie is saying um, but you know, Leah said, uh, hope is like the sun. If you only believe it, when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. <clears throat> but everybody here, you know, is like Ray went to Luke with hope that he could help. Turns out Luke needs hope himself. Um, you know, and, and I think that that just permeates the whole thing, even Kylo. Um, so to me, there's this theme of hope that runs through the whole thing. Poe has to learn not to just count on himself and his ideas. Mm-hmm. He has to trust the other people and have hope that they know what they're doing. And he's not always the smart one, mm-hmm. um, which is a kind of a tenuous hold on hope. But by the end, he is doing that. Yeah. More. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. People have seen it many times can tell me specifically. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Kim? I, I I love that theme, yeah, and I, and that's so Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're in the middle of wars, but you, the theme of hope always comes through, even when things look the darkest. And I I liked that quote also about believing in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, DJ, the character of DJ, really threw into relief also the the point about what you were saying on um, Canto Bite with the fact that the rich people are all in it for themselves and it doesn't, there's, they really aren't committed to any ideology or any side. One side is just as good as the other, whichever one's going to make them money. And I thought that was an interesting point to raise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so DJ was the code breaker guy. DJ was the, the alternate code breaker. We right. found a code, yeah, a code breaker, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was played kind of like um, so Captain good. Jack or something. He was, yeah. he, he was off. Just and to, we, fun to look at. I think, I think we were conditioned to think that he would turn out to be a good guy, maybe like Lando, right? Yeah. He'd discover, you know, his mm-hmm. inner heart of gold there, and actually, he wasn't. He mm-hmm. was just out for himself. And mm-hmm. and and when uh, Rose yells at him at the end, and she's, you know, like you're a trait, you know, and and he and he says, yeah, maybe. Well, what what can you do about it? You know, he doesn't, <laughs> yeah. and he just doesn't care. Um, it's, 
Yeah. It's like, that, that's an interesting, um, ref, you know, reflection on it too. I think that challenged our assumptions about what was going to happen with that character. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think that, that that is what this movie does. I mean, we, we called it unexpected at the beginning. It, it's like, it didn't go the direction that we expected, especially, you know, with the first movie being so similar. And then the second one, I mean, I, I think part of the reason why so many fans were disappointed is because they just didn't want Luke to be like that. <clears throat> they didn't yes. want Luke to have lost his hope. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, I mean, the last time we saw him, he was mighty. He was the guy, you know, and then yeah. to have him off on an island refusing to help um, was hard. It was very hard. And I, I completely understand why that hit so hard because I, it did for me too. I think everybody expected, and I'm not sure why, like this was supposed to be like a superhero story, right? Like Ray's going to show up, she found Luke. And so now he's going to be her Yoda and do all the, you know, training in the jungle and, you know, backflips and lightsaber exercises and lifting lifting rocks. Oh man. All of those things. You, and you just, she yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you just pointed something out to me. You just lit a light bulb in my head. She's his Yoda, right? And that made me think, yeah. didn't Yoda run away? Yoda was yep. hiding on Dagobah in Empire. Oh, that's yes, I mean, he retreated after his defeat. Right. He said, I've got to go into exile. He oh. failed. I just made that connection. Anyway, just please continue. This is why we need you. Sam. Yeah. You open it up. <laughs> yeah, that's But people great. weren't thinking that way because we love Yoda. And we thought, oh, Yoda's just this funny little old, cre you know, little old creature poking at Luke's, you know, food and stuff. And, but he's uh oh <laughs> but 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 and they were like but we didn't think luke was going to be that way because luke seemed depressed and luke can run away and part of the reason it hit me so hard was i spent um how to say i mean almost almost 20 yeah almost 20 years like reading the novels right so when the first uh, trilogy of Timothy Zahn novels yeah, came out it's like 1993 or 4 you, did, did you like those i did like them very much did you he's not fabulous writer yeah, and was, I yeah. was a teenager I read this he captured all the characters voices the the feel like the senses of the movies I've reread those I mean my my pages you know the covers fallen off of those paperbacks <laughs> there's I've read them and I you know and those like uh, and Julie you know it, it, it's not the Lord of the Rings for me I have read those books to my kids okay. <laughs> that's all right it was, it was just, you know, Han and Leia were married, they had kids, and this started a whole um, continuity, really, that went for 20 years. And we got to see, we got to see Luke become a um, Jedi Master, like starting up a new order. And there were fits and starts on that. And there were characters that turned to the dark side and came back and things that happened with his Jedi Academy. Um, and then Luke and Leia had uh, twins and then a, a son, An another son named Anakin Solo. And Jason Solo fell to the dark side. So that theme was there. But Luke was married to Mara Jade. He had a mm -hmm. son named Ben, ironically. And, <laughs> and and you saw it, but you saw in the novels, we got to see these characters develop for the 35 years after Return of the Jedi. And when you're immersed in that, and it 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 like it was who I thought these characters were. And I loved The Force Awakens. I was so bummed when they turned the novels into the Legends thing and said mm. that they weren't going to go in that direction at all because I loved Mara Jade in particular. 
Um, but when I accepted the stories or, you know, the movie Force Awakens on its own terms, I was like, yeah, this is fun. I like this. I can accept this. But even so, I hadn't let go of my expectation of who Luke was. And so it was crushing to see him depressed and having retreated to the island and, you know, telling Ray, like, you don't want me. I, you know, and he, he'd even cut himself off from the force. The more I thought about it, the more I thought, and and this is partly, I think, what Ryan Johnson was doing. I realized he was like Yoda. Like, he, he had failed. He had felt like his hubris caused his nephew to turn to the dark side, and it destroyed all, and Kylo destroyed all of his students, and he thought, I'm, I'm the problem, and he just, he retreated. I think the story kind of had to go in that direction a little bit, though, and this is what I didn't accept at first partly because of the way that The Force Awakens set him up. When J.J. Abrams talked about Force Awakens, he said he had tried to bring Luke in at multiple points in that story, and he couldn't do it because the instant that we found Luke Skywalker, the whole movie became about him. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he had to push him to the end. And so that's why Luke is the one that they're searching for the whole movie. And then the movie ends when we find him. But if you if if Luke had, it, it, there wasn't a good reason for Luke to be gone like he was just like why wouldn't he have come back because when his sister needed him why wouldn't he have come back to save Han why would he have you know not been there is heart because that would have been more character damage I think to mm. think that he knew about it but hey he was just off looking for the old <laughs> Jedi texts or something <laughs> like sorry for the galaxy you know I just retreated after that you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, and and so this was, this made sense. Like he cut himself off from the force because he felt so guilty. And I was like, that seems realistic to me. Like people do, people aren't always rational when they're uh, damaged or like hurt that deeply um, when they feel that much guilt. And so him saying, I caused all these problems for my sister, for Han, for the galaxy. Like right now, like I it's just better for everybody if I leave. And he talked himself into that. And he, he went in search of the Jedi texts and stuff and he could never really convince himself that they didn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. he, you know, when he was trying to burn the, the sacred texts, he couldn't actually do it even when he was really angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he, he couldn't let go of it entirely, but he was, I mean, he was kind of, he was hurting that way. Right. And, and so, you know, when Kylo says, let the past die, he shouldn't, like the message of the movie is that's wrong. Like it is, it's wrong. Like Ray is right. Ray is the one that has to give that hope back to Luke and say like, no, you matter. Like, what if you can be the one that gives people inspiration? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm thinking of two things while you're saying all this. And of course, these are themes that Scott and I run around with a lot is one is Luke feels super guilty and he cuts himself off. That is the least healthy thing to do. Of course you can't, you have right. to have your community, your sister, somebody to bounce things off of. Because what happens is by the time Ray finds him and he's telling all these things to her, finally, it's you can see he wasn't responsible for all that, but he had no one to help point it out. So it was really a false sense of pride in his own influence over everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, also the hardest fishing in the world. I'm just going to say <laughs> totally unnecessary. Off. I don't need you. I can catch this fish. You try. 
Now, I will say this, that's another Yoda-like thing. People are just like, oh my gosh, what is this like little sea creature that Luke, you know, like grumpy old man Luke is there like drinking his green milk. Um, oh, gross, and, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, Yoda, Yoda was kind of, you know, remember he's like digging through the stew and Luke was like, what? That's right. <laughs> yeah. gross. You remember he was, he was hitting R2-D2 with his stick. Yeah, right. I remember that. Right. <laughs> Wow, I mean that, that just opened up a ton for me. Just though that connection is just like blowing me away because, yeah, I mean, gosh, it's it's so similar. I was going to say, and Yoda didn't want Luke to leave at first either. Like Yoda had an idea of what the right thing to do was to confront the Emperor, and and Luke went anyway. And and was Luke right? I mean, in a certain way, Luke was wrong, but in another sense, he was right to have hope that he could do something. To, I mean, he didn't know that Vader was his father yet, but the hopefulness of I can do something, I can save my friends, I can you know yeah. do something positive. It's like Yoda needed to learn that lesson too, right? So that's right. You have to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to try. And I was thinking of the idea of hope, and this is um, kind of riffing on something I was reading. I, I looked at a few pieces because I was going, why do people hate this? I'm like, oh, what a bunch of idiots. And so then I was reading a couple of things where they went, no, this is amazing. It carried through George Lucas's original vision. And someone was pointing out that when Luke dies, he's looking, isn't he looking at a double son? Mm-hmm. And that's how we see him in the beginning. He's standing there um, looking at the two stars and the things on his planet. Yeah. He, he wants something more. He he here though at the end, this is like he's come full circle. He has found what he was looking for. He is complete. And that's and what Ray says. She she feels his peace and purpose. Right. <laughs> exactly. I yeah. love the moment when Luke comes into the cave when we really get to that whole like all all is lost I guess they heard our message nobody's coming that's it we did everything we could and the music cue and coming in on the silhouette and, and he comes wonderful. and he sees Leia that moment is beautiful mm. with him and Leia because there's so much maturity and so much history there and you can see that she forgives him um, and he apologizes right which I think was the right thing to do mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I, I don't, I can't save Kylo this time. And she's like, I know, or, you know, I can't save him. She says, I know, but what he's going to do is try and save the resistance because that's the last thing that he can do. And when he turns and like walks out into that fiery, like <laughs> opening to the cave and the music swells, I'm like, Oh my yeah. gosh, this is the greatest moment. Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. And the way we see, and I love Adam Driver so much. He's <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it was mm. these two movies where I, I guess the first one, uh, but it, where I went, who is this guy? He's amazing. And in this part, he's so good because he's got to play it pretty broadly, but he manages to put in nuance at the same time. And I just love the thing where this is not nuance, where he's like, everything, fire at him, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's done. And, and Luke is just kind of brushing his shoulder. It's like, man, right. they hate that ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that all you got? You oh, know, man. yeah, it's just, great. it's wonderful. It's really it's wonderful. It's so well done. I, I loved um, what it, all the thought that went into the environment that they were in. Uh-huh. You know, because there's, there's this white layer on top of this red layer. And uh, yeah. they yeah. use that to such great effect. And even when, 
those two were fighting, there was a clue given as to Luke not being there because he wasn't leaving footprints and Kylo right. was. Yeah. Right. It was awesome. What it was great. Oh, it's such a good moment. And the fact <laughs> yeah, and then so that powerful. intercuts with Ray and you know, the whole like, mm-hmm. you know, every every bit of what you just said was wrong. And just as a as a writer, I do love the absolute perfection of the symmetry between, you know, that every word of what you just said was wrong. Mm-hmm. And when yes. Luke says that at the beginning to yeah. Ray and stuff, and but he wasn't actually right. And then at the end, like Luke says that to Kylo and now he is right. Mm-hmm. And it just cuts in and, and the simplicity of Ray saving her friends by lifting rocks when she said like, Oh yeah, that's what the force does. Right. And Luke is like, Oh my gosh, I, you don't even get, like one one hundredth of what the force is about. If you think it's about stupid stuff like lifting rocks, <laughs> but then but but Ray also has to realize like it is so much about it, and and for her for that to be the way that she saves her friends at the end is just like oh I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's a really well put together story. I mean, you've got all these bookend moments, like you're saying, and they're there. You forget all about them, of course but they weren't put there for no reason. Right. Which is the ultimate storytelling. They call back to it and you go, oh my gosh, I just saw this. Right. You know, yeah. It's really wonderful. I love it. Uh, so, I, you know, and, and Kylo's, Kylo's a, a, a fascinating character too. So one of the things that I, I liked about this movie is the fact that Snoke gets killed right in the middle of it. <laughs> uh, it you know, you think like, oh, we've got this brand new emperor character and so he's the big bad, right? And he's, you know, he he is pretty sinister. And yeah, but the, the conflict of the movie is not meant to be with him. It's it's meant to be with the other characters. And so having having Kylo Ren get rid of him the way that he does by tricking him, and you know, cutting mm-hmm. him in half with the lightsaber, that was pretty good. That was really cool. <laughs> it it harkened it, it harkened like back to uh, the killing of his dad too. Killing of Han Solo, similar mm-hmm. similar way, although he had it in his hands at the time, right? But and that, that little lightsaber, yeah. like the the them fighting together, is choreographed. Oh, really cool. So, yeah. cool. so good. <laughs> I mean, oh, you yeah. know, when Kylo finally, sta- yeah, oh, it, was, it was great. And then, of course, after they, that, yeah, we're like, oh, well, now it's the same thing. We're thinking about the Codebreaker at whatever mm-hmm. point yep. that is. And we're surely he'll choose the light now, side now. She's got a chance. He'll he'll surely, at least for a while, be on her side. Nope. Instantly, <laughs> we can rule together. And of course, isn't this Satan? Yeah. And Come I mean that, that was an interesting thing I, too. He was rule like the world. Yeah. Yeah. But he was like, We need to let the old things die. Um, I think Kim was saying that earlier. Mm-hmm. That's what he was saying. It's like, let it all go. We're gonna start mm-hmm. over and we're gonna rule, you know. Um, and the message of the movie is he's wrong. Right. You can't let, yeah, that's the wrong mm-hmm. thing. You don't let, right. you know, let the past die like that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. Kylo, uh, the, all the way up through, you know, movie one and movie two, Kylo is just, he's fantastic. You know, Adam Driver is just does it so well. I mean, he was so unstable in book, in the in book, I was going to say movie one. Oh, so yeah. unstable, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I loved the uh, moment in Force Awakens when, um, and this was a great choice by J.J. Abrams, right? That he takes takes off the mask like fairly early on, because you're like, oh my gosh, scary guy with the mask, and you know this is the villain mm-hmm. going through, and then he takes it off, and you're just like, 
oh, he's just slightly odd looking like guy. (laughs) (laughs) And that was super effective because to see like how he was just posturing, like trying to be. And and it's interesting at the beginning of Last Jedi when Snoke mocks him, right? Like you can tell like Snoke has controlled him his whole, like all of these years by belittling him. I mean, it's abusive, right? Like mm. it's undermining him, it's building him up, but then tearing him down and like, and really controlling him. And so he mocks him. And then that's when Kylo smashes the helmet after that. And I think he is affected by the connection to Ray. So the way that that's built up, like how, how can you even, how can they even see each other across time and space? Right. And, oh, and that, that sets up. The, yeah. Really, really interesting that she's starting to feel that connection with him, even though she's like, you're a monster. And he's like, yeah, I am. Yeah. I really liked, you know, with Darth, Darth Vader had to have the helmet, right? I mean, he was, he was pieced back together and that was, and then it was like, this guy wanted to be Darth Vader so very badly. I felt like, you know, and then he's, he's got his own helmet and everything, but uh, yeah, but he doesn't need it you know, which makes him not Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. It's just, he's just um, posing, right? right? Like he's just right. trying and, to and, be that way. And I always not. felt like he was uncertain, you know, yes. he was never secure or never a hundred percent certain into what he was. Right. And this is a neat movie because it gives them a choice to come back to light side. And at the end, they literally shut the door on it. Right. When mm-hmm. Ray closes the, the landing um, <laughs> wow! Here for the good. Falcon. I, I, when, it's neat when he's like stalking in to find the dice uh, that you know that end up disappearing mm-hmm. in his hand. That shot is um, just like one in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin is marching to the temple with mm. the stormtroopers. Yep. Or, yeah. Please continue. Cool. As somebody who's seen those movies <laughs> once, for those who are like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so good. Um, I will yeah. say this is a, this is a silly thing. I will I will I will never get over the fact that Palpatine is a very very silly sounding name, and <laughs> the fact that it, like when we actually hear Luke say it in this movie, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is. <laughs> stop saying that word. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Were you so happy when Yoda showed up, though? How great was that? Oh, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I was surprised. I'd forgotten he was even around. And uh, I went, oh, they brought him back, huh? You know, uh, to bring so I was, two yeah. incredible lessons, right? Like one is, you know, like failure is a greatest teacher, and right. all great teachers should want their students to grow beyond them, like right, like and what what a lesson. And I, I do, th- I think that is actually a lesson that goes all the way through the movie. Like failure is the greatest teacher. I, I really enjoy um, Poe's character a lot. I love Oscar Isaac. He's oh, he's great. He's great, isn't he? And yeah. the humor like works for me, like the cocky fly boy, you know, like he's fine. And I love that Leia like puts him in his place at the beginning, not because I want to see him like put down, but because it's Leia and it's just funny, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> she's been doing that to everybody from the very beginning, like the walking <laughs> carpet and foul stench and everything else he needs it he doesn't have the experience that han solo had he's a han solo type Mm. more um in line with what he should be doing but Mm -hmm. he hasn't had the experience to learn all that so he thinks he knows all this stuff yeah so he just needs maturity he needs maturity that's it yeah i like like the theme of this failure the failure is a theme you know because 
-hmm. you know, this time watching it, I felt like Poe made everything worse almost the whole movie. Absolutely. It was like he just was just constantly messing up. You know, and we have work listening to or those who were trying to teach him. Yes, right. Who had more knowledge, and so the other thing that Kim said, she was talking about failure, but she's also talking about teachers should want their students to be greater than themselves. Hmm. And teaching is another theme through this whole movie. Hmm. Everybody's being taught everywhere they go. Rose is teaching Finn. um, Yes, here's what life is like. Luke and Luke and Ray, of course, are having their thing, but then there's Yoda, as you say, coming back. Luke still has more to learn. And to me, again, Catholic, we have to learn till we die. If you mm. stop swimming, you get swept downstream. Yeah. Um, that's why you have to remember the past. You have to remember the failures. You have to remember all that stuff. And that's where Kylo Ren's got his problem. And the Emperor, I think, was also telling him that too. But it's, you know, you you can't just stop and then go forward as if nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Poe is, you know, a wonderful example and we're set up to really hate the Admiral. That's right. Because you're, 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 you're set up to think that of course Poe is right. Like, and yeah. his gambits are going to work every time. And the ironic thing is in the beginning, like his gambit actually does work in terms of blowing up right. one of the ships. Right. He's like, we did it. And Leia said, at what cost? Mm-hmm. And that's what he didn't have the wisdom to appreciate. Like he is smart. He does have decent instincts, but he wasn't listening well enough. And it does get them into trouble because mm-hmm. they go off for the code breaker. And that's what ends up, you know, it, it, it failed, right? Like that, that part of the plan failed. Mm-hmm. But then when they're attacking on, um, on crate, Poe, has the wisdom then to recognize that the battle is lost and pull everybody back in and retreat. And that's when Leia recognizes it and says, what are you looking at me for? Follow him. Yeah. Hmm. And that's a good like passing of the baton. And I, I like it because it did feel earned to me because Poe like recognized Holdo's sacrifice and heard what Leia was saying. And I think her, you know, being knocked out, in the middle of the movie, I mean, impacted him a lot too, because she was clearly his mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this movie's interesting because it's pockmarked with failure. Mm-hmm. And as you say, but it's, it's always around these teaching moments when they didn't listen. And of course the other movies have got that in it because that's part of a hero's journey, but, and that's like empire strikes back too. Exactly. I mean, we end on a very low note at the end of that movie. Yeah, and, you know, same thing, really, Empire was viewed as a real disappointment. And I remember going to the movie to see that and coming out and going, what happened? Hmm. Are you really? What? They're taking you felt that way? Oh, yeah, everybody <laughs> felt that way. Come on. Now, everybody goes, it's a masterpiece. It's the crown jewel of the trilogy. It is. At the it time, is. and I agree. I totally agree. But at the time, I'd seen Star Wars. I was going to see another movie that was super fun. And you've got, you know, Han Solo's encased in metal. He's been taken away. Nobody knows where he is. The alliance or the, you know, revolution is not really happening. Everybody's just kind of floating. And, no and Luke lost his that. hand. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. Luke came back to rescue his friends and he didn't even succeed at rescuing them. Right. They had to rescue him. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, it was not anything that we'd really seen. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it, the kinds of the trilogies like that weren't those movies that we'd seen. That's kind of from that era on. 
as far as I can imagine, as far as I can remember, hmm. you know, because you'd have Indiana Jones, you'd have these things, and later you'd have some sequels. But you know, you it's a standalone, and they win. Well, that's right. Nobody was winning in this. Hmm. They're kind of left going, "We'll find him. We'll be back. Won't we, Chewie? Okay." And that's it. You're just like, "What the hell, man?" Yeah. Now I agree, <laughs> and I think that's probably the problem. Now that I'm talking about it with the Last Jedi, for a lot of people. And maybe people who hadn't been following things as closely as like you, Kim. And I watched it. I just went, oh, this seemed like a good adventure. They were left with a lot of hope. They got away. Nobody's, Mm -hmm. I I hadn't thought of it then, but you know, nobody's encased in metal being taken away. Nothing's good. This is fine. Hmm. They'll light the spark and it'll go on. Yeah. They're set up for it. Very few of them left. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they were they were facing total annihilation in this one. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and no yeah. one showed up. And they, they say a lot of people didn't like that no one showed up to help them. And I'm like, do you know how big the galaxy is? Hmm. I don't know. Well, JJ Abrams does not know how big the galaxy is. They could have shown up instantly if they wanted to. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Ryan Johnson knew. That's why yeah. nobody. But Ryan Johnson up. knew. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I, I do um, one thing about this movie that I, I have to kind of headcanon the same way that I do with Empire Strikes Back is that one part of the movie is happening in an extremely compressed time frame and the others you kind of hope is taking place over a little bit more time. So it's like Luke's training on Dagobah presumably takes several weeks to a month. Well, oh, right. but you don't necessarily feel like that much time has passed for Han and Leia. And in this case, you know, the whole chase and the escape and, and everything seems to take place and, and the trip to uh, Canto Bite and back seems to take place in a very condensed time frame. But I'd like to imagine that Ray spent a tiny bit longer with Luke than we actually get to see. I don't think mm-hmm. it all happened in one day. I think that's just movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just fudge the time a little bit. And it <laughs> works for me on that. And it all comes back together when, when Ray comes back to the ship at the same time as... Um, Chewy, or as um, Finn and Rose are coming back. Because if you'd have asked me about either the Yoda training time or the Luke Ray time, I would have said they took place over a long time period. I never, ever thought about it. I, I think I think we can assume, I think we can think that maybe that did happen because we see Ray at in the island at the beginning and we don't have to assume that we're seeing it in real time, her encounter with Luke at the beginning of the movie. But it's just a little bit fudged. Well, and the pacing <laughs> in both those situations you're talking about, though, the pacing is really slowed down. Yes. So it makes you, even if we're not thinking about it, you're given the idea that there's some time for the training and the thinking or the communication of all this information in a way that's not happening while people are flying around shooting things out of the sky. Right. But see, the skill of the movie is I never had to think about it. When you point it out, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I think that's right. It felt that way when I think about it, but I don't have to think about it. I just accept it and move on. It's movie magic. Done. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love the fact that the Admiral sacrificed herself. I thought that was a beautiful mm. moment, but I Incredible. do wish it had happened differently because I feel okay. like that's that's like universe breaking a little bit um, because mm. why don't people do that all the time? Um Sacrifice themselves? No, well, no, fly, their, fly their ship into other ship. ships. And yeah. oh. I mean, that could have been the end of the Death Star 
I mean, a long time ago, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's, yeah. it's just, it's universe breaking. It's kind of like, you know, when Star Trek went that trans warp beaming, it's like, why do you yes. need a ship now? <laughs> right. You know, well, just beam from planet to planet. You know what I mean? It um, only works Scott. in an emergency, Scott. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> only when you yeah, need it in duh. one hour. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking about now. So let's think about our world and what we've been trained in Western civilization to think is right. Mm-hmm. Um, think about the kamikaze pilots. Yeah. Americans never did all that. Mm-hmm. We would drop a bomb. We would shell people. We would have oh, that's interesting. in the air. We weren't, we weren't doing suicide missions and they regularly were doing it. So in our yeah. mindset, and I think that's it never occurred to mindset. you. Yeah. You're, I mean, yeah. if you have to last stand, I'm up against the wall and my loved ones are behind me. Yeah. You're going to stand there and you're going to do it, but you're going to go down fighting. You're not just going to kill yourself doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that sense, not flying a ship into the Death Star, you don't do that. Because that's what um, Leah says at the beginning, at what cost? Mm. And yeah. so this, I mean, because there's so many themes to me. And of course, again, this is our culture. And it came from Christianity and, um, and Catholicism and all these things that we're praising, the hope. The, the no suicide runs as a regular thing, and except she's doing it to save all these other people. Um, you, for the Death Star, you have to really be thinking about it in a different way. It has to be immediate and right there. And you look at the teaching, and you look at the failure, you learn from your failure, and you go on. You don't just let it beat you up. These are all things that are anchors of Christian learning. Hmm. This comes from the idea God never gave up on us. Jesus came, he sacrificed himself, but only to save everybody else in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, you know, and be not afraid. You go in and you do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It's to me, it's just he, Ryan Johnson has in this movie specifically such a good finger on the pulse of what we think is noble and good and true. And that comes from Christian thinking, as we can see now more than ever, with all the conflicts around the world, um, between different kind of people who think in different ways than this, um, from our own culture, where a lot of it has come unanchored from those basic things. You know, it's, and we've talked about this a lot, Scott, right? Mm-hmm. What's, what's mercy without justice? And they still have the mercy part that they want to give, and that's all fine, but it's not anchored in, in the justice that makes it really work for, and even be kind to the people they're trying to help, right? Right, So, right. so that's all in this movie, though. Mm-hmm. The earned learning, the, the fact that there is hope at the end, the redemption, still possible maybe even, for Kylo Ren. We hope for it. right. As Kim says, the door is shut, but that doesn't mean the next movie won't give us hope because we're trained to pick ourselves up and keep going. We're going to fail. We're sinners. God's Mm. always going to have his hand out. We just have to realize what we did and go, help me. So I don't do it again or don't do it as bad the next time. But sacrificing for others, you're right, is is a a thing that we we do rightly see, I think, as noble. Mm. Just why I think, you know, when Rose... Saving Finn at the end is is a wonderful moment too because she's like you, you don't sacrifice yourself for nothing like this would be foolish like you're 
this, you, you, you know what you want to do now. You want to help the resistance. Like you found your calling and purpose and everything else. You're not trying to run away anymore. Like you were at the beginning of the movie. Um, so don't, don't throw that all away. And so she saves him literally there too, yeah, which I, right. I really mm-hmm. like. Yep, and I she liked also, it too. the whole time she shows him who he is. I know mm-hmm. who you are. I heard the stories about you. And he's surprised. And then she's disappointed because he's running away. So she's, yeah. she, she shocks him. Yeah. <laughs> because he's not living up to who he should be. He hasn't even right. probably ever considered that, thought about it in that way. Probably not. No, yeah. I think that was a revelation to him. Yeah. All he cared about at the beginning was Ray. He made a friend in Ray. He cares about Ray. Mm-hmm. He wants to find Ray. He didn't believe in the cause yet. And by the right. end of the movie, from what he learns from, from Rose, he believes now in something bigger than just himself and, you know, the one friend that he's found. I have to say, I love John Boyega so much. Um, I was so thrilled when he showed up in the Star Wars movies, um, The Force Awakens, yes. I guess, because I remember watching him in Attack the Block. And he was I think so I watched that because of you. <laughs> Such a great movie. Such a great movie. I hope it was worth it to you. But... It was. He's good. He's really good. He's a he fun is. character yeah. and a great actor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he and he's so good. You're like, was he one of the local guys that got picked up to be in the movie or was he a real actor? <laughs> Later you find out, of course, he was a real actor. But mm-hmm. yeah. So I have to also, speaking of um, John Boyega, because the, the first thing that popped into my head from the beginning of the movie when I was saying he's he's asking about Ray is 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 like Finn like leaky bag what <laughs> like what's going on <laughs> this movie actually has a lot of humor in it oh. and I know humor can be subjective right so some people are like oh I didn't like that part or that didn't land for me or whatever but I laughed a lot in this movie too mm. and that is another reason that makes it that that it's fun and enjoyable to rewatch for me, because yes, I get a kick out of like uh, Poe taunting um, Hux at the beginning. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Hux was just like, he was just one note bad guy the entire first movie. And this time he just, he's so smarmy and he's just trying to weasel his way in to, to become, you know, the, the favorite of Snoke and stuff. And he's competent in his own way, but he's, you know, like, it's just funny. And yeah, he's like delivering is, yeah. this this threat, and I was <laughs> like, uh, "Sorry, I, I I'm holding." You for- <laughs> <laughs> that so funny. Oh my gosh. I'm still holding. The- is he going to be back, yeah. back soon? <laughs> yeah, I, I just that was genius. Mm. Oh, and there's good. little like visual moments too. Like you know, we've got the uh, like BB-8 has some great moments mm-hmm. in this movie, and we I, I like the porgs too. And like when Chewie was going to eat a porg, <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he looks back and forth at the poor little pork watching. Them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. Yeah. Oh, that's great. They did a good job because those were um, some of some of the adorable style of Star Wars animals, but not too cute. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Just cute enough. <laughs> right. I liked them. So yeah, I hear great. I hear that um, they're making a new Ray movie. Is that true? Have you heard that, either of you? They, I will, I will just say, there's been so many announcements over the last several years of what's going to be made, and then it all, they all get announced like with great fanfare at the celebration, 
events and then they just seem to fizzle away. Mm. Like so far, it seems like all that's actually come to fruition has been the TV series. Yeah. Um, so yes, I have heard that, but I'm not sure if it will actually happen. Cause I had also heard that, you know, Ryan Johnson was going to be allowed to make some other movies in this yeah. universe. And then that never happened. And then there was going to be a rogue squadron movie. Yeah. That one I was Patty pretty excited Penkins. about. <laughs> yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. 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 Because those books were fun. They, they announced, yeah, and it was, you know, so I don't know how this differs from what you're talking about, but, you know, the latest that I saw, I thought it was last year, they announced three movies. And one of them was going to yeah. be a Ray movie. One of them I mean, was, I hope so. I love yeah. her character. <laughs> one of them they're calling uh, Biblical Epic, some type okay. of origin well. of the Force movie that's going to be in a Biblical Epic style. And then um, hmm. I'm trying to remember what the third one was. So I just don't recall it. Um, but I'm yeah. But anyway, the from what I've seen, that they're going to make one movie with Ray putting back together the the Jedi Order or something like that. And then okay. I think after that, they're going to try to move forward. Um, right now, they just hmm. seem frozen, don't they? It's like. Yes. They just, you know, with all of the reaction of this movie and the third one, they're just like, I don't know if we can do anymore, you know. And then, and then they do the Mandalorian, and it was terrific. I, I've seen the first two seasons anyway. Um, yes. It was awesome. I mean, it's just like really, I'm it's just great. fun. It was like a western, you know. Oh, um, yes. It's a western set in okay. the Star Wars universe, and uh, and it has a baby Yoda, Julie. It's a baby Grogu. Yoda, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Like, that's terrific! I can't wait. <laughs> it's it's quite cultural good. phenomenon. It's cultural quite good. Phenomenon. Uh, baby, a little Grogu yeah, in the Mandalorian. Really no. When I first saw him at the theater in the movies, just oh, loved man. him, and now I'm kind of that's the way in this movie is like, oh, he's still here. Okay. No, um, it's it's different. It's different. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and well, and they did the Obi Wan Kenobi series, which I adore. You and McGregor as Obi Wan, that's my oh, yeah. all time favorite. And so there was a lot of really good to that series. And they brought um, Hayden Christensen back too for that, which was awesome. And then, um, and then the Andor series was incredible. And yeah, that, that, that was I haven't seen done yet. more as yeah. like a you, you really ought to watch I, that one. I'm it's, on it, yeah, <laughs> I will. To, yeah. <laughs> that's done more like a political thriller, like, right. Like that's showing you what the, M what life under the empire was like, as you're trying to form this resistance. And I think the seeds of that were there in revenge of the Sith, although some of those scenes got cut. Mm. Um, but rogue one was such an rogue awesome one was movie. Terrific, yeah. Yeah. Talk about the theme mm. of hope, right? Yeah. 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 So Andor, you know, Andor, of course, lived in the gray area, right? Like Cassian, we've all done things that we're not proud of for the rebellion. And this explores some of that gray area coming out of the Clone Wars a little bit and and how the resistance is being formed. But it has um, Mon Mothma and it Genevieve O'Reilly. It's got Stellan Skarsgård. It, I mean, it's got some phen phenomenal actors in it, and it was very well done. So that was entertaining. So yeah, I don't, I don't know about the movies anymore. I'm okay with the. You know, <laughs> the, the funny thing, as we talked about, is like the Last Jedi almost feels like it could be an ending in itself, and it would be satisfying because it ends on that last little note of mm -hmm. the little boys or the little children like yeah. telling the story of Luke Skywalker, right. Jedi Master, right, <laughs> like, and acting it out and and looking that. up to the sky. It it's beautiful. He reaches like, out for the broom and it comes to him. Yeah. 
Right. So you see, like, there's a little spark of the force mm-hmm. in this, like, poor little, like, yeah. you know, stable boy right. child. And and there's hope for the galaxy. You're really left on that note. Yeah. Yeah, because we all know the cycle that we're going to see. I mean, by the time we get around to these movies, we're familiar with enough of the beats. So we're like, okay, now who's going to come and save them this time? And unless they're just going to end it and the government is gone... And that's not going to happen. I mean, but the story of how you, how you get through these things matters. Right. Right. Exactly. So Ryan Johnson said he, um, when he sat down to like write the story, it's like when he had to come up with a reason why Luke would not have been there for his sister and his, and Han and, and the galaxy. Um, But two, he he tried to think about like, what would be the hardest thing for each character to experience? Because that's some, I mean, basically like good drama, but also like trying to make it personal to each character. And so for somebody like Poe, the hardest thing to experience would be like failure because he's got so much confidence and he's usually good. He's like, usually he can back it up. Right. Mm -hmm. But he has to experience failure, you know, and and leadership and the role that he's been in and grow through that. And Ray has to deal with like, trying to figure out like who she, who she really is and accepting that maybe it's just her, right? Like the whole dream sequence that happens in the cave Mm -hmm. um, in the underground cave, which again, some uh, echoes, I would say echoes Luke's um, vision into the strange tree on Dagobah. Oh, right. This is telling you something about who you are. Yeah. yeah, remember when he like fights the shadowy vision of Vader mm-hmm. and then cracks the helmet and it's himself. It's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this little effect of all the rays being in an endless reflection when she thought she was coming closer and closer to see who her parents might be and they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to come to terms with being okay with who she is and that that's got got to be enough because she's strong enough and she's found her community and she's found her purpose. Beautiful. There's There's some really deep themes in this. I, you know, people will say like, Oh, you know, he just hates star Wars or he doesn't, you know, he doesn't understand star Wars or didn't care about Luke. I'm like, he cares so deeply about star Wars and about Luke. And, you know, I think he, I think there's a compassion that runs yeah. through like Luke's arc too. Like, I think if you don't have compassion and sympathy for what Luke goes through, then something, something's wrong. Something's mm. missing you because when you see how deeply wounded he has been, I think you can't help but have compassion and then even more appreciate how Ray gets through to him and challenges him to be that spark. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he does one of the greatest greatest things of any Jedi ever. He projects himself halfway across the galaxy, confronts his student, gives them, confronts his former student and gives the resistance time to escape. And it's epic. Well, and he also, um, this time around, I was watching it and I was remembering young Luke because he just looks terrible in this. The whole time you're like, I remember young Luke. He, I mean, I was never into the blonde, cute boy like that, but I had a roommate. Oh, my gosh. She just loved him so much. I was more of a Han Solo, <laughs> not quite her, like the scoundrel kind. But I just kept remembering how sweet and hopeful he was and everything. And I'm looking at this, you know, grizzled, disillusioned person. And I'm thinking, and of course, the worst thing 
is not only that he let Leia down and not only yeah. that he turned Kylo inadvertently, although I think that was probably inevitable. Um, it was inevitable or it was Snoke's influence, right? But it well, wasn't exactly. Luke's fault. It, well, that's yeah. the thing. And that's the false pride of thinking he's responsible for everyone. But yes. what it really showed him was the depths he could sink to that he could murder his own nephew without giving him a fair trial or any hearing or anything. And so because I think of when he was, well, the first set of movie, I guess it must have been the third movie, but he had all these moments when he'd walk up to like Jabba the Hutt and he was not fighting him. I mean, he was he was right. refusing a lot of the times to kill people or to right. attack them or he'd give them a chance first. And right. he didn't do that here. So he saw the ultimate depth he had sunk to. Oh, Julie, you're right. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about that part of it. I'm sorry. I didn't even like remember yeah. to mention that. But the whole Rashomon element of this movie, yes. too. That absolutely that. plays into Luke's failure, sense of failure, because he he wouldn't have killed his nephew, but he's that's what he said in the true version, uh -huh. in the true version of what like what really happened, not like one version and then Kylo's version, and then you know, we get the truth, I think closest right. to the truth, yeah. is he said in that one awful brief moment, I saw the future of everything that might happen and all the death and destruction that would be caused from him turning to the dark side, and I thought I could stop it. But then I, it, he instantly realized like how wrong he was. But in that one moment, that's when Kylo or that's when Ben woke up and, right. um, hmm. and he said, and the last thing he saw was the the eyes of a boy whose master had failed him. Yeah. Um, so he did have he a frightened reason to saw. feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He did have reason to feel guilty in that way. But but you're right, Julie. It wasn't it wasn't all him. It wasn't it wasn't just because of that one movie. But that's why he was ashamed too, and and felt like like a whoa, I messed this all up. But well, he yeah. also had been right to see the future that Kylo or that Ben was turning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was he didn't set he out to murder to him though. Well, no, yeah, he that's didn't. true. That's but true. also, it wasn't who he used to be in those first three movies. I mean, he's learning. That's he's true. doing things. He's trying to win. But by the third movie, he is, like I say, he's giving people chances. He's offering right. them an option first. I mean, that's how he could save his father. Should have bargained, Jabba. That's it. Exactly. Before I cast it off and raise my finger once. But it's that, yeah, so it's, he also then was dealing with, he had failed himself just as much as he failed everybody else. Um, because this is how far he'd come. And lost touch with what he should have been in his roots. That's a great point. Yeah, terrific. Yeah. So good. Yeah, this is what a great choice, it Kim. Is, what this a great is just choice such a great sure. movie. I, I guess, like, one last thing I would say, like, and not so much on the themes, is this is just a beautiful movie to watch. Oh, There's, they all are. It's just <laughs> yep. incredibly, like, great cinematography. All the shots are set up, like, so well. And you're just like, this is just gorgeous scenes and every screen all the screenshots like you know the the gorilla walkers at the end and like you said mm -hmm. the the setup of crate with the white salt and and the red underneath it looks pretty cool and the the throne room for snoke with the the lightsaber um you know, like fighting together with ray and mm -hmm. kylo and then just the island that they're on for luke's island oh, i mean yeah. it just it's a, it's it's yeah. really really well done it really is Yep. And this made you go watch a lot of Ryan Johnson's movies. You hadn't seen him his movies until this, right? Right. 
Right. I did not know who he was. So then I went back and watched like Looper and yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Knives Out, you know, Knives Out is one of my absolute favorite movies. Mm -hmm. It's great. (laughs) That was an instant favorite. So good. Yeah. He's just an exceptional um, director and he's one of, I don't have a lot of directors. And writer. Huh? And writer. And, well, all, and yeah, writer. He's, he's the whole package. Yeah. He's a real Christopher Nolan without being Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Which, in my opinion, better, but more consistent. Let's put it this way. He doesn't let I enjoy be- watching his movies more because I don't feel, like, depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, and he doesn't get as strung out on going, you know what would be interesting if we did this and people give him all the money to make some kind of more experimental movie, and you, Ryan Johnson is also about the entertainment for the regular person too. So, but anyway, um, yeah, he's one of the directors, although Christopher Nolan, to be fair, is also um, where we'll just also go, incredible. Oh, he's got a new movie. We're going to watch it. And we don't do that yeah. for a lot of directors. We don't trust him yeah. that much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so IMDb shows that uh, Ryan Johnson has two things in development. One is Knives Out 3, and Ooh. one is Untitled Star Wars Trilogy Episode 1. <laughs> well, I what? hope they let him do it someday. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch all three. Yes. So good. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for bringing this. It was great fun to talk to you about it, Kim. You are so welcome. Thanks for giving me the chance to talk with y'all. Mm-hmm. It was really wonderful. <laughs> I loved it. And mm-hmm. yeah, now I, I liked the movie a lot after seeing it the second time. Now, of course, I just am in love with it. What can I say? <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, that's very it. good. Very good. Well done. I am too. That's it. Um, yeah, this time through. And plus, after this discussion, I need to go watch it again. But uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's really cemented some things for me, and yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. And I will watch number so three you. as well. Number nine, that uh, is. You're brave, man. <laughs> oh, number one. <laughs> number nine. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, stop it! Stop mm. it! All those numbers. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. What, what's oh, next? Oh yeah, that's right. We gotta we gotta talk about what what's coming up. Hold on. We do. I just started it last night too. Oh, did you? I did. The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. Right, the Thursday Murder Club. So a fun mystery. Richard Osman is a, a comedian and writer from England. Mm-hmm. Who I'll talk more about this next time. But we saw him on this really fun game show where he was a contestant actually, and then he started writing books after that. And so I read the first one, and I was so entertained by it. And also, of course, interested because this was um, a few years ago, because he's got three of those out now. And he actually wound up quitting his job to write books because they've been so popular. But it's set in a retirement community, and a bunch of people get together to do look at cold case pictures and talk about if they could solve them the Thursday murder club and then a real murder happens. So Mm. it's, and it's the, it's funny, the dialogue, the way that people talk to each other, the four or five main people uh, who are in the murder club. It's just a mishmash of different people who it's, he has a lot of fun with it. Well, great. So looking forward to it. Yep. So far, a couple chapters in, it's very good. Okay, good. (laughs) Passed the two chapter test. Excellent. (laughs) Well done. All right. Great. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everyone.
Yes, happy 2024. We're happy to be here. and mm-hmm. We're so glad Kim got us off to a really good start. And you bet. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. You bet. See you later. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye, Kim. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you.